Hi, everyone. Welcome to Entrepreneurship by Design with Dr. C. I'm your host, Dr. Caroline, and thank you so much for joining us today. Entrepreneurship looks different for everyone. How and why we start our business, challenges that occur, pivots we have to make, success we achieve, all while life is happening. That's why I love sharing these inspiring entrepreneurs with you and shed light that there is enough room for everyone to succeed and thrive, even if you're in the same industry. And today I have Niku with me. Niku Loesch is a mother of three, wife to former major league baseball pitcher, Kyle Loesch, master Pilates instructor, yoga teacher, lover of all things movement, mindfulness, and community. Niku is a serial entrepreneur. She started her company at 21, doing sales and marketing for Fortune 500 companies, made her first million at 24, and decided to exit at 30 in order to pursue her passion for helping others. She became a yoga, Pilates, bar, and mindfulness instructor, but her own struggle with small um, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth and postpartum depression led her to redefine the way she took care of her body. Now, as a holistic health coach, she is on a mission to empower women and help them heal their gut through nutrition, movement, mindfulness, and spirituality. And she's mom to, and bonus mom of three amazing kids. Thank you so much, Niku, for being here today. Thanks so much, Dr. Caroline, for having me. I'm really excited. I'm excited too. You have done so much in your life and I'm so excited to dive deep into that. But I would love for you to just kind of start with your journey of being an entrepreneur, where it began and how that has shifted over the years. Yeah, absolutely. So I never thought I would be an entrepreneur. I always kind of went the traditional route of going through school, doing really well in school, trying to get hired by a really solid company. I always wanted to work on Wall Street. Like I wanted to work in investments and in banking. However, when I was teeing up for graduation in 2008, as we all know, that's when the markets all came crashing down and working in investments, let alone in financial services was not the right time. So I had to pivot really quickly and I decided to go and start working in a Home Depot store, literally just generating leads for kitchen cabinet refacing. And I did that for a couple months when I realized, you know, I can I can make this a business. I can have a company where I'm teaching other people how to do this, running and managing the campaign and helping it grow and scale. And so that's what I did in 2009 is when we actually started working in the Home Depots. In 2010, we started our first business in Los Angeles, and then we grew and expanded it from there. So it was a really exciting journey. Yeah, no, it sounds very exciting. And what was that like journey like when you were getting the leads and doing everything like I guess the how-to, because a lot of people starting out, they're like, well, what do, where do I start? What do I do? How did you start that? Yeah. Um, how I started the company was just myself and two individuals. And we kind of try to build the ground floor. We try to figure out, okay, what is the product? What is the service? Uh, what is our customer base? Who are we trying to provide a support for? And then based on that, we then figured out how can we teach someone else how to do this? How can we duplicate our role in doing this? And by duplicating our role in doing that, we were able to create a structure where we could have account managers that were managing five people. And then those five people were running the marketing campaigns. And then we grew it and scaled it from there. So it was really about first finding the product or the service. Second, figuring out what is the best way to provide the best experience for that customer and deliver what we needed to deliver for them and then scale it teaching others how to do it. 
I love that. And it is duplication. It's being able to actually ha run a business, but not being like in the business and being able to leverage your time and money. <laughs> totally. A hundred percent work on your business, not in it. That was always a goal of mine and something that my mentor always drove home. Ugh, yes. And I love too just what you've been able to accomplish from your journey there, but moving into all the nutrition and the health from the inside out, because that is something that is so important to me as well. And I know a lot of people watching too, but you've gone through a lot personally that has led you to that. And I'm curious what that journey was like for you when you were going through everything and just trying to maybe, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what was happening for you in that time to lead you to now? Yeah, it was, it was challenging. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I think a lot of us right now, currently we're listening to this and we're dealing with some things physically, mentally, emotionally, we're trying to find some answers and we're seeking out practitioners. We're seeking out industry experts to diagnose an issue. And a lot of us are hearing that everything is normal. It's normal for our age. It's normal for this, that, or the third. And that was kind of what I was hearing a lot of is the cystic acne was normal because I was, you know, in my late teens or my early twenties and the, the bloating was normal because I had high stress level positions and all this stuff. Everyone was saying normal, normal, normal. And at the end of the day, I had to be an advocate for myself and say, but something's really not normal. Like this doesn't feel right. And continue to seek after that root cause, what was the main issue? So fast forward 18 years later of going and seeing every type of specialist from dermatologists to endocrinologists to gastrointestinal doctors, OBGYN, just trying to figure out why am I always bloated? Why am I always exhausted? Why do I have this cystic acne, which then developed down the road into eczema, which then developed to something even more serious on my hands called granuloma annulare. Like what was happening here inside my body that kept manifesting physically on the surface? And Finally, I got an answer just a few years ago where we were doing routine lab work. I put that in quotations routine because I was doing it all the time at that point. And even though the lab work came back normal, right? Everything was in the normal range. The issue with that is the normal range for our labs is dependent on the range of the average person right now in this moment in our society. So as our society gets more and more unhealthy or has more and more inflammation, more and more stress, then the normal range continues to come down, 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 down. And that's not optimal. What we want to be doing is we want to be in the optimal range, the best place that we can be so that we have the best possible health physically, mentally, emotionally. So though I found the normal range, I was significantly at the bottom part of that normal range, which was mm -hmm. already off the charts, not healthy when it looks, when we're looking at the optimal range. So I, I found out a couple of things. I was finally diagnosed with SIBO, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. That's an overgrowth of bad bacteria in the gut that was causing leaky gut. The leaky gut is what was causing the bloating. The bloating is what was causing all the inflammation, which was causing the acne and the eczema and all these skin issues. And then all of that, all that havoc that was going on within me was causing that chronic fatigue, which was then really offsetting my mood and causing that anxiety and that depression. So it was an 18 year long, hard road until I finally got the answer that I was looking for, which was it all was stemming from the gut. And through that gut brain access, my cognition, my brain and my mood was being affected. So that was kind of the, where it started and how I got to where the journey began in taking back my health. Oh, yes. No, I'm so glad you're bringing this up too, because I think a lot of times people will take at face value 
what maybe a doctor says and I'm not saying don't listen to your doctors but really being that advocate for yourself because you know your body the most out of anybody any medical professional anything that you would know something's wrong and I mean a lot of my studying is the mind-body connection as well and I know like how connected our gut and our brain are and that's why I'm like yes say more <laughs> um but because it's so true and I think it's just not talked about as much as it probably should but being able to see just your journey how that's unfolded where you were constantly going for those routine love lab work and everything else that you were experiencing but you knew something was wrong and you didn't give up and I think that's the biggest thing too for people to recognize where if there is something wrong don't take no for an answer do your own research and that's where I think so many amazing people like yourself have used that to help others and experience what you're experiencing but getting an answer quicker and not having to wait 18 years to find out what's going on or being able to combat, combat it and understanding what's really deep down in the gut and being able to reduce the inflammation and how that really impacts our mood. And that's yeah. one thing as like a former therapist, I'd always have my clients get a medical exam to make sure it wasn't anything medically that was impacting their mood because that can happen so much. So I'm curious with that long haul of yours and now like being able to be on the other side of it, what I know you use a lot of mindfulness and Pilates and everything else you do outside of just you. What was the first step in that journey as well when it comes to all the outside stuff as well? Yeah, I think it really started off with understanding once I got that final diagnosis of, okay, you have a leaky gut, you have SIBO and understanding what that was um, it was damaged intestinal lining. So I had to really make sure I was doing things to help my intestinal lining heal. And a lot of that comes to the foods that we're eating. There are foods that are very, very inflammatory and foods that can be very damaging to a weakened intestinal lining. So I had to eat foods that were going to really help repair that tract. As I did that, I was also eating foods that were going to stop that overgrowth of bad bacteria because it was feeding and living off of sugary foods, high carbohydrate foods. So I had to really change my nutrition in order to kind of manage and mitigate the microbiota and this overgrowth of the bad bacteria, not enough good bacteria. So I just had to be really mindful about the foods that I was eating, change my nutrition. And in doing that, I had to work on the mindfulness too, to keep my, my mind and my body working together to heal right on a cellular level. So that's kind of, that was my two pronged approach was nutrition, mindfulness. And then of course, I've always been a lover of movement. So staying consistent with the workout, staying consistent with moving my body. Yes, absolutely. And I'm curious, like what were some of the foods that really impacted you and everything like your intestines? Yeah, it was the carbohydrates. So think about all of our, our like, for me, breakfast, I loved French toast or I loved oatmeal or I loved bagels, right? I had to really cut back on the wheat and the gluten and the bread. I had to cut back on corn. I had to cut back on um, potatoes, on rice. So carbs, cutting those back and then realizing that there's also a lot of carbs and fruits and vegetables and being aware of the ones that are going to have the highest nutritional content, the most nourishing and the ones that are still going to be feeders of that bad bacteria, um, another thing for me that was really not beneficial for my individual gut microbiome was dairy. So Kate, scaling back on dairy helped a lot with the inflammation, helped a lot with my skin issues. My skin cleared up a lot when I cut out the dairy 
And then just really trying to manage my sweet tooth. I love ice cream. I love chocolate, but understanding that those sugars were really feeding into what was happening in my gut. It was a huge decision for me to say, you know, I got to stop having ice cream every single day. It's hard. (laughs) I know they have like soy based or coconut milk, oat milk, but still it's, I'm sure very difficult. I have a sweet tooth. Um, So I'm curious too, when you, what was that initial thought though, of like becoming a coach, like working more with individuals and really empowering others through your experience, because you had gone through all of these different things that affected you. But what was that initial step of like, yeah, I want to help others now. I think it was the frustration, right? This journey, 18 years, almost two decades of not getting the right answer. And then finally, when I got the right diagnosis and I was able to course reverse my situation in five weeks. Like that's how quickly I was able to solve the root issue. And when I look back on that, I was like, wow, I just lost 18 years of my life in pain and suffering physically, emotionally, mentally, and in my mood. And I was able to course correct that in five weeks. How many other women out there are suffering the same way that I am, that they're just going out there trying to find the right answer or a solution. Or like you said, they might be at the end of the road where they're like, I'm exhausted. And they kind of give up. They're like, I guess this is just how it's going to be. And I wanted to get out there to say, no, this isn't normal. Yes, there is hope. Here's what my story was. Here's what I did to help me get to where I am today. And let me hold your hand and help you. So I took my protocol, what I did for myself, and I started to implement it with other women. And my first round, it was a beta test of four women, every age, every different situation, because I wanted to see what it worked on someone in their twenties and someone in their sixties, someone that has children and someone that doesn't have children, someone that's dealing with more hormonal issues and someone that's dealing with more weight gain issues. And they implemented that protocol with those four women and they all had incredible results. Their inflammation went down, their bloating went away, their mood and everything got so much better. The fatigue uplifted brain fog, all that was good. So I was like, okay, this is working. Like, let's try it again. So I did another round same thing. All the women had great success in their gut, in their brain, and also with how they felt in their physical body. So I did it again. And again, it was just a hundred percent success rate time after time after time. And I was like, okay, we found the right protocol to help women in our society in this day and age where we're constantly running, constantly going, eating on the run, eating while traveling, having high stress, juggling all the things. We found a protocol that can help lower down the stress and help the body come back to homeostasis operating the way that it was designed to operate. So that's kind of, that was the catalyst. It really was. It was just trying to find that woman out there that was struggling the way that I was struggling and tell her, Hey, there's hope. Let me help you. And then when I did that and it was working, I was like, okay, now I can't stop. I got to keep going out there, finding women to help. And I I love the message too, because I think that's where a lot of things come from when we've struggled so much in a certain area and being able to help in how it reversed so quickly for you too, because you had the right tools, like you knew exactly what was going on versus all the research, everything that you had done prior, but the amount of effect and impact you're having on all these women of all different ages and situations and being able to have that protocol actually work and seeing the success rate it just says it all, which is just the foundation piece of what you're building and what you have built as well. I'm curious, what has that journey been like with all the success that you've had? Has there been ups and downs within that? Definitely. Definitely. I mean, I think right now, you know, when I first started this whole journey, it was right when COVID had started. So I went from practicing 
in a brick and mortar face-to-face one-on-one with people to now have to figure out how to take this virtually and how to figure out technology, something as simple as this, right? How to log in, how to help the other person log in, setting up the mic, setting up the camera, all of that. And then scaling from there and doing the challenges and the masterminds and learning the technology behind that. It was just, it was a huge learning curve on almost like learning how to speak a different language. Cause this was business completely different than anything that I had done prior. So there was definitely challenges for sure. <laughs> I, I believe it. I believe it. And so when you did switch from like brick and mortar to zoom, what did that impact anything of like how you were coaching? Yeah, it's just a different vibe when you're working one-to-one face-to-face with someone. There's a different energy. I think for me, I'm really good at picking up on the energy of the room so I can I can feel how that person's feeling and also kind of like energetically sense where their mind is at, right? And I could pull back in and just, I felt like it, we can go two, three times as fast face-to-face versus on Zoom. You never know if someone doesn't turn on their camera. Are they distracted? Are they cooking right now? Are they cleaning? You know what I mean? So it's like getting them to turn on the camera, getting them to stay focused, not having the kids running around. It's just, it is different because it's, it's portable. You can do it anywhere. I have a lot of clients that they do their calls while they're driving in the car. I'm like, okay, like this is good, but it would be better if we were like actually sitting face-to-face with pen and notebook, writing things down, coming up with action steps and then following through with those things. But it still works. It's just different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I believe it. It's just being able to pivot. And I think that's what a lot of us had to do when COVID hit and being able to pivot and be really quick on our feet of how can we still help and impact the masses while yes. still being able to do business. And that can be challenging. But it seems like it definitely didn't take a toll on you. It was allowing you to just pivot and continue to help all the women that you've been helping. Totally. And the cool thing about it, I will say, is we can impact more people, right? Because if you're just working brick and mortar one-to-one, now I can work in more group settings where I can have more people on. Or if I'm doing like a webinar, we can have hundreds of people joining that one webinar. So the reach is a lot better. And it's more on a global scale. So it has been really positive in that sense to get a greater reach. Yes, absolutely. No, I think too, it's just being able to understand what's going on and reading the room, but like reading the Zoom now (laughs) or whatever platform you are using. Um, And I'm curious because I know you do do a lot of things. How do you bring spirituality into your coaching, but also for yourself? Yeah. So with my clients, it's all about finding out what spirituality is for them. For some people, it's more about mindfulness. It's about doing breath work, meditation, journaling, finding time every single day for self-love and self-care, starting the day off with the right morning routine, ending the day with the right evening routine. That's spirituality for them. It's connection to self, connection to higher purpose, right? Mm -hmm. For others, it could be religion. And it's about just figuring out how they can set up structures where they're incorporating whatever that spiritual thing for them is on a daily basis. So when are you having your prayers every single day? If you're reading the Bible, when are you doing that? Just helping them come up with that daily structure of lacing that layer in. For me, it's a combination of a lot of things. So I do start off my day with gratitude. I do do meditations every single day. I do pray every single day. I try to read my Bible as much as I can, but that's definitely not what I've been the strongest at doing, but I have a lot of different apps. So will kind of like give me different um, sermons every day to kind of listen to, which has been really helpful for me just on where I'm at with my spirituality. And then 
I love all my crystals too. So I'm always trying to connect to like nature and earth in that way. Um, I love to use my mala when I do meditation. So there's a couple of different things that I love to do. And then I also love coloring, believe it or not. Coloring is very meditative, very connecting and helps me get into the present moment. So mindful coloring for sure. Uh, and they have such great like adult coloring books as well. <laughs> I like have a bunch of them. <laughs> they really do. They're amazing. There's some that have like the affirmations on there. So you're like coloring in affirmations. It's really cool. Oh, I love it. And I think too, it's, you know, you brought up a good point, like spirituality is so different for everybody, but it's like what works for us. And it just really helps center people in different capacities in different ways. Um, but I'm glad that you have that practice because I'm sure it does help with the mindfulness and just the mind body connection. Totally. So I want to switch gears a little bit because I know you're a mom and how is it balancing motherhood and entrepreneurship for you? Oh goodness. This is still like a work in progress. Um, it's, it's been challenging because there's times when I'm working in my business and with clients, and then I kind of will feel that mom guilt, like, oh, but I should be playing with the kids right now, or I should be fully, you know, focused on them. And there's other times when I'm fully focused on them and I'm like, oh, but I just really want to be like connecting with people and creating impact. So there's definitely a push pull there. Um, but I think just setting up a schedule, a structure where your family knows like on these days, this is when I'm going to be time blocking for health coaching. This is when I'm time blocking for my fitness training. This is when I'm going to be teaching my life classes. And then on all these other days, like this is family time and it's a non-negotiable. Nothing gets in the middle of that. So just being very structured with their scheduling, with their time blocking has been really, really helpful for sure. Yes. No, that is really important. And it sounds like prioritizing, just being able to prioritize what's going on. I'm curious because you mentioned mom guilt and I know a lot of moms say this. I'm not a mom personally, but I just hear it a lot from my clients. How do you combat that guilt as a mom? I think realizing that I'm important too. Like if all we're doing is pouring into our children and doing for them, but not coming back to us and doing for us at the end of the day, the best mom is a happy and healthy mom who is balanced and just operating at her highest self. Right. So if my highest self is serving others, serving myself and serving my family, then I need to make sure I'm pouring into all three of those cups so that I am at my highest and best self physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Cause when I show up to my family, I'm going to be that much more energized, that much more full of life and love. And then I overflow onto them versus if I'm depleting myself of that connection, I'm depleting myself of that impact. I'm depleting myself of creating progress on a career way, then I might be showing up feeling depleted and kind of feeling like there's nothing more to give because I'm not pouring from that abundance. So just knowing that understanding self is really, really important as a mother, understanding what sets your soul on fire and what gives you life. And then making sure that you are managing and pouring into that because at the end of the day, they always say it when we're flying on the airplane, put your mask on first before you put it on your kid. You've got to take care of yourself to be the best mother for your children. Ah, oh, so beautifully put. <laughs> Couldn't have said better myself. And, you know, I think too, it just goes back to like that putting yourself at the top of the priority list is key to everything. Being able to have that abundance to give to your family, to your business, to everybody else in your life, in your circle. But I think first and foremost, when we are taking care of that mind, body, soul, it allows us to really be full and give. 
And I just love how you put that. Thank you. <laughs> of course. Um, so I've been having so much fun with you, Niku, of just your journey and everything you've experienced, but how much you've overcome as well. It's such a breath of fresh air of just hearing not giving up, not giving up when you're told that this is what it is or I don't know what it is and being able to use that power of knowing now and helping so many other in individuals in the world of just what they're going through and not allowing that to stop them from living the beautiful lives they want to live, yes. just like you are. <laughs> 100%. Have hope, uh, always. I could ask you a million more questions, but we're going to get into the rapid fire questions if you're ready for them. Let's do it. All right. So the first question is, who is your hero? Oh, gosh. There's so many of them. Um, I would say my husband is definitely my hero for all that he has managed and been able to overcome in the last three years dealing with pulling him back into diapers again, because our older children, they're in middle school and high school. So it was literally making him start all over in diapers. So going through those newborn days while having a wife that's going through postpartum depression and trying to figure out all these different health things that were going on with me. Um, he's been definitely one of my heroes and just watching how he's managed like his own retirement and the family and all the things has been amazing. Um, women like mother Teresa, princess Diana, that just show up always pouring from love. Those are my heroes, uh, because they've, they've gone through hard things in life and they still just continue to show up as that definition and symbol of resiliency and love and light and hope for others. So I love women like that. My mom is definitely a hero of mine. She's mm -hmm. overcome a lot and she's always set the example of strength and resiliency and never caving in, no matter how tough times are tough times don't last tough people do. So she's definitely one of my heroes as well. And just anyone that's going out there chasing their dreams and not settling for less and not thinking that they don't deserve it, but they're like, you know what? I do deserve this too. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to make my dreams a reality because I believe in myself. Those are people that I'm very inspired by and they're my heroes. Oh, I got chills. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I think there's just, there's so many incredible people, but it just is a symbol to who you are as well and what's molded you to be who you are today as well. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. And so what motivates you to work hard, work smarter in your life? For me, definitely freedom. I'm very motivated by having the freedom of choice, the freedom to be able to travel where I want to go, when I want to go there, having the freedom to be able to provide my family with healthy, nutritious things because they can cost more, right? Just having the freedom to be able to express myself the way that I want to express myself, do the things that I want to do, be in the places that I want to be like freedom is very motivating for me. So I'm willing to work really, really hard to have freedom. Oh, and you're creating it. You've created it. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. So if you were to be a superhero, what would be your power powers? Oh my gosh. Um, my power as a superhero would be to turn any negative thing into a positive, uh, whether it's a negative mood into a positive, a negative feeling into a positive feeling, a negative emotion into a positive emotion, negative weather into positive weather, like to turn any negative into a positive, that would be my superhero strength. <laughs> I love that. I haven't heard that one yet. I really like that. <laughs> yeah, I really like that one. I have a sticker that says no negativity allowed here. So if I can turn negatives into positives, that would be an amazing power. Done. <laughs> I wish I could like grant these, you know? <laughs> oh, I wish too. It'd be awesome. <laughs> Maybe one day. <laughs> I don't think I'm that powerful. <laughs> I guess that's a superhero power that you're working on is granting other people's superhero wishes. Yes. <laughs> exactly.
exactly. I love it. <laughs> so if you could share a meal with any four individuals, living or dead, who would they be? Oh, this is such a good one. Um, four people. Mm-hmm. I mean, my family, but that's like a lot of people. Um, definitely my dad. It'd be nice to have a meal with him. I would treasure every word and ask a lot more questions. Um, he would be top of the list for sure. And I think anyone that's like lost a loved one can probably relate to that. It's like, there's unanswered questions. There's moments that we kind of like, we take for granted when we're in it, but if we can go back and have that moment back again, that'd be powerful. So I'd love to have my dad. Um, I mean, Mother Teresa is pretty dope. (laughs) I'd love to have a conversation with her about just how she was able to be so selfless and so giving and not like worried about anything ever. Like she seems like the ultimate symbol of peace and tranquility and love and light. So I love to have a meal and a conversation with her for sure. Um, You know, this is a funny one, but I would be really curious to sit down with Robin Williams. Mm. I like, he was one of my favorite actors. I always loved his movies. They always made me laugh. Like any negative day, turn into a positive, just watch one of his movies, Miss Doubtfire, anything. And to see like that he was fighting this battle that none of us really knew about. I'd love to just have a conversation with them and just see like what's really going on behind the curtains and what are some of the tools and techniques he was using or not using in that time. That'd be a really interesting conversation for me. And then lastly, uh, Tweety Bird. (laughs) I would love to have Tweety Bird at the dinner party with us, just doing his little Tweety things. I think it'd be super cute. So yeah, those would be my four people. I love it. Such a different mix too. I think like I was not expecting Tweety Bird. (laughs) I I like interesting eclectic situations. If you saw my birthday dinner last week, I mean, we had the most eclectic group of women together, but I, I love that. I love it. It just gives those different perspectives too. And, you know, I really love what you said too about Robin Williams just being like the past like mental health awareness month as well. And just really bringing awareness to you never know what somebody's going through and I'm glad you touched on that too because you really don't know what's behind the curtain unless you actually ask or if they're forthcoming with that information but I think it just shows a piece of your heart as well of like who you are and your character so I just wanted Thank to highlight you. that yeah it really does it really does matter and you can sense that when you have an honest conversation with someone one-to-one you can feel what's really going on within if you just pay attention instead of just the surface level how's your day oh it's good like no, but really, how is your day? Like, how are you doing? Yes. Like asking to actually listen. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So what is the most daring thing that you've ever done? The most daring thing that I've ever done. I mean, I'm claustrophobic. So one of the daring things I've done is get on a very, very small airplane um, for our honeymoon. We were like going to the island, wherever we were at. Um, that plane was so tiny and we were all like shoulder to shoulder jammed up, like face against the seat of the person in front. And that was like very daring for me. Cause it was definitely pushing me way outside my comfort zone. Um, so that was a big thing for me to overcome MRIs, the same thing. Just, I don't like tight, tight spaces. Um, but I think the most daring thing that I've ever done was get in front of thousands of people speaking on stage and telling my, my real story, my story of overcoming struggle and depression 
and a lot of traumatic things in my teenage years. I think that was a very daring feat because it can be hard to be vulnerable, especially in front of people that you don't know that don't know how they're, you don't know how they're going to take their story. But, um, that was something pretty daring was just to get up there and take the mic and share raw and unedited. (laughs) And I think that's the beauty of vulnerability, the strength that we hold when we do share a story and it's not the surface layer. Like you're saying, it's really all the darkness that might've been there and might've like been lingering, but being able to combat that and come out stronger. And like what your mom was saying too, just of how like you, you become stronger people with everything that you go through. Exactly. hundred percent. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, what is the phone app that you use the most? Oh gosh. Uh, <laughs> let's see actually. So when I open it up, gotta love the analytics. <laughs> it's so bad. Um, so I open my emails a lot, Instagram a lot and ball sort. If you guys haven't played the game ball sort, it's a really good one. Um, what so- one is that? Oh, it's so great. I'll show you actually. So you have all these different balls and you have to sort them out into the column with like the same colored ball. So that's a really good one just for like, I think it's like a mindfulness exercise because I'm just focusing on being really present. It keeps my brain operating well. Um, and it's kind of like, it's calming. If I ever feel stressed out, I do that and just calms me down. So yeah, those are my three major apps. It's my email, my Instagram and all sort. Well, you know, there's a lot of the research that backs it up, like with just like how our minds and the cognitive functioning of just being able to like focus in on like a game that's relaxing, but not like taking too much stress from you as well. But yeah, there's a lot to back that up. Exactly. (laughs) So what is the last book that you've read? I'm currently reading, again, Becoming Supernatural by Joe Dispenza. Uh, And I love it. It's such a good one. I just finished reading in our book club, this book called The Eighth Sister. So if you're looking for like a really easy read, it's nonfiction, but really, really amazing writing. That's the one that I just finished last month. And then just doing the Becoming Supernatural right now and how the the body keeps the score, kind of reading those two side by side. Uh, I know those are really good books. (laughs) (laughs) They're good ones. I love those. Um, so if you were to describe yourself as an animal, personality style, what type of animal would you be? A bunny rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> so this is my like spirit animal. They seem like super fluffy and cuddly and happy and just like bouncing all around. But inside they're like hearts are beating a million miles a minute. They're constantly on alert. They can be easily startled, right? Like this would definitely be my personality. Like on the outside, like super fluffy and cuddly on the inside. It's like, everything's going a million miles a minute in my head, in my heart, like everything. But yeah, that would definitely be my spirit animal is a bunny. (laughs) That is adorable. I didn't really know that about bunnies. You know, you learn something new every day. Yeah. I mean, they seem so cute, but they're, if you think about it, like they're constantly always trying to look out, like, is there a predator? Is there something trying to get them? And then just being always aware of their surroundings. Like if you ever approach a bunny rabbit, if you see it, they stop, they're observing, they're trying to pay attention to every little minutia that's happening to figure out what's my next course of action. Am I going to step towards run away, jump back? Like they're pretty, pretty fascinating creatures. (laughs) That's true. You know, my dog like always like tries to chase them, but like, I'll see them. Like now I'm going to have a different perspective. Like when he starts to go chase, even if I like pull him back. (laughs) Exactly. 
good stuff. Um, so what if you're having just an off day, it's not your best day, what is something that instantly makes your day better? I mean, I love naps. I always feel like if I can just close my eyes for a second, it's a reset. Like, okay, I didn't get off on the right foot. Let me just take a quick nap and then just restart my day. That's a really good one. Yoga practice for me always just connects me right back into my body because sometimes we're having a bad, bad day. I almost feel like our soul exits our physical body and we're like out here floating, looking down on what's going on. So when I do a yoga practice or even like a Pilates practice, something that's not like super strenuous and high impact, that's going to cause my brain to start racing, but something that's a little bit more low impact and mindful, it helps me kind of bring that soul spirit back into my physical body, which grounds me in the now. And it makes me feel like I have control over the situation. So I love those two modalities for me, yoga and Pilates. Um, for sure. Meditations always help me like putting on a positive meditation with great sound in the back, like 528 is super healing, really good vibration. And that just always kind of like helps me just vibrate on a better level, shifts the energy. <laughs> it, it does. And I'm glad like there are practices like that, that can help people. And just for people to know that that is available to them, it's just finding what works for them. But I'm glad that's what works for you too, because I know that feeling right when you're in a yoga practice or meditating, anything like that, it just really does bring you back to that center like you're talking about. Exactly. So if you have a day off, you're not working with any of your clients, what is your favorite way to spend the day off? Oh, I love cuddling. <laughs> I love cuddling. If it's not getting my husband to try to cuddle me or cuddling my little two and a half year old Kai, he's such a cuddle bug. So I love to cuddle. I love to go get in a workout. Um, we do a lot of family hikes. We like to go on sunset walks together to see the bunny rabbits that are all around here too. Um, I love sunsets, but for me, it's just anything that's going to be relaxing. Like what can I do? That's going to help me feel relaxed on that day. That doesn't feel like a chore. doesn't feel like, Oh my gosh, I have to go do this all to do list out the window and just relax and be. It sounds like a perfect day. Yeah. <laughs> and so my final question of these questions is what is something an outsider wouldn't know about your industry? Something an outsider wouldn't know about my industry. Um, that I guess a big one is that every single coach is different. Every practitioner is different because we all have a very unique perspective. So although I am a holistic health coach, I'm going to be very different than other holistic health coaches that might have more of a background in like the fitness side of things or in the meal planning side of things. Like for me, I really look at things from a spiritual perspective, an emotional perspective, and then I help layer in the physical nutritional things to help kind of balance out those other things. So every coach, every practitioner has a very different perspective and figuring out what their perspective is, what their belief system is, what the tools that they use are, is going to help you realize, okay, who do I align with the most? That kind of is where I want to be, but also does the things that I can see myself doing versus I work with coaches before that they get people the right results. But when I look at the tools and techniques that they use, they're not things that I would necessarily enjoy. Like, I don't like cardio. I don't like going out there and hiking every single day. Like I, it just, the tools wouldn't work for me. They would have the right program, but because I wouldn't use any of the tools, I wouldn't get the results that they're able to accomplish. So just being really aware of that, that every coach, every practitioner has a different perspective and uses a different set of tools. 
Yes, no, I think that's a really good differentiation from everything else too, because of understanding everyone is gonna have different tools, but not every tool works for everybody. Exactly. Beautifully put. Um, so Niku, my last and final question for you is where can people find you, hire you? Everything will be linked below, but if you could let us know too. Of course. So I'm very, very active on Instagram. You can find me on our new Instagram page. That's at Niku Loesch, N-I-K-O-U-L-O-H-S-E, at Niku Loesch. Um, I also have a community on Facebook called Take Back Your Health. So you can find the Take Back Your Health page there. Um, just let me know, like when you're doing the questions that you heard on this podcast or on this show, and we'll go ahead and we'll let you in. Otherwise it's invitation only, but we'll definitely bring you into that private Facebook group so that you can meet other people that are like-minded, like-hearted. If you want to work with me, send me a message on Instagram, or you can send me an email at nikulosh at gmail.com. And just let me know that you want to get in touch. We'll do a consultation, see where you're at and see where we can take you and helping you with anything that it is. If it's a workout plan, if it's a meal plan, if it's a gut reset protocol, if it's just working on incorporating mindfulness into your life, like we can help you in all those ways holistically. And then I could, I would love to give your, your audience a gift today, if that's okay with you. Yeah, absolutely. We've created a 18 page no bloat gut health guide. So I would love to gift you that for just listening into the show. So I'll go ahead and I'll give that link over to you, Dr. Caroline, so that you can put that down in the show notes and just go ahead and grab that. And by grabbing it, you'll be invited for a free consultation call with me as well, so that we can just address some of your health issues, concerns, and where you're at. Oh my gosh. That's so kind of you. Thank you so much. I'm sure everyone, everyone get that. (laughs) Um, It's definitely going to be worth it, but thank you, Niku, for coming today and just sharing your journey, your story, and just all the wisdom that you do have in everything that you've experienced, but also how you are really impacting and empowering women in the world. And I just idolize that because I think it's important to recognize when somebody is doing so, so many amazing things in the world. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll see you on the next video. Make sure to like, subscribe. And what was the biggest takeaway from Niku today?